Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, Mr. News, hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, the game plan, the roadmap to win this internal war against our liberty. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchor man reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. I also want to say a few words about the unprecedented assault on free speech we have seen in recent days. These are tense and difficult times. The efforts to censor, cancel, and blacklist our fellow citizens are wrong, and they are dangerous. What is needed now is for us to listen to one another, not to silence one another. All of us can choose by our actions to rise above the rancor and find common ground and shared purpose. We must focus on advancing the interests of the whole nation, delivering the miracle vaccines, defeating the pandemic, rebuilding the economy, protecting our national security, and upholding the rule of law. Stop tape. Rule of law. That's what this republic, in the end, is all about, right? The Constitution of the United States, the foundation that protects our liberty and our freedom, is based on the rule of law. And that rule of law in the Constitution is based on the Bible, the ultimate law, God's law. God gives us freedom. Government doesn't give us freedom. God gives us free choice and liberty. And what the Constitution is designed to do is protect it. The problem is we have radicals in government right now and in the fourth branch of government and in state level government and in local government and just running around the country who are perfectly happy with destroying the Constitution, using the Constitution in order to effectively destroy the Constitution. That's what we're seeing in Washington, D.C. right now. The so-called cancel culture is now permeated Washington, D.C., where we see these members of Congress attempting to not only silence the 45th president of the United States and cancel the 45th president of the United States, but cancel and silence duly elected members of Congress. And think about this. You have members of Congress, the radicals on the Democrat side, running around effectively saying they want to expel members of Congress that have just been elected by the people. Well, what is that exactly? Well, it's canceling the people's vote. 
It is obliterating the back end of the franchise. So here, if they don't corrupt it on the front end by trying to steal elections, then they'll corrupt it on the back end. It is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And, and, and one of the reasons why these people like Each can run around and attack the president and attack duly elected members of Congress is because effectively they have no accountability. They have accountability to the people, yeah, every two years. The problem is those people who vote AOC and Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar and this Presley in office are radicals themselves. Anti-constitutionalists themselves. Birds of feather. And so the framers of the Constitution really could have never seen this one coming. Except maybe Benjamin Franklin who kind of predicted this, that the American people would nurture and work with and work within the framework of the United States Constitution until at some point X amount of the people choose tyranny over liberty, a tyrannical government over a limited government. So that's where we are right now. That message from the President of the United States does not exactly sound like a message that is in code in any way to have people rise up, take pitchforks, and storm their state capitals or storm Washington, D.C., or storm the, uh, the White House. It sounds to me like a unification message that is wholly being, of course, ignored. Now they can. The mainstream media always ignored the 45th president of the United States and only infused negative reporting for four years. And now we have social media blocking. Uh, don't worry about Parler, though. Parler's going to be fine. Uh, you know, this is the wonderful thing about Americans, right? We figure out workarounds, and, and we've seen this uh, throughout the uh, government response to the pandemic. But as we go forward now, we have to remind ourselves that we cannot continue to conduct business as usual and expect a different result. This applies to virtually everything we do from a political and governmental perspective, okay? We need to break the mold. That is my message and is going to be my message throughout the new year, 2021 and beyond. It's been my message since 2013, frankly, before Donald Trump. We have mechanisms built within our framework and our government and our founding document and state documents, for that matter, state constitutions, that allow the people to figure out ways to remedy broken government. And government is broken at all levels. Some states, obviously, are better than others. You know, Utah is probably better than, a hell of a lot better, we know, than California, right? But then again, uh, you Utah Voters keep sending Mitt Romney to Washington. Can you explain that one to me? Can you please do something about Mitt Romney? And Lisa Murkowski, you know? Why in the wide world of sports are you folks in Alaska sticking with Murkowski? So we have to find mechanisms to fix the broken government at the federal level, state level, and local level, for that matter. But we also have to find mechanisms to fix broken people, broken Americans. The Americans, you want to call them stupid, the uneducated. Um, Rush Limbaugh calls them the low-information voters. We've got to figure out a way to mitigate that. 
Because what we are witnessing now is a wholesale internal attack on liberty. It is a war. It is a war that we did not declare. But the war has been declared on us, liberty-loving constitutional Americans. And that's why I say we need a second declaration of independence. They triggered the war. The first declaration of independence, of course, triggered a war eventually between the colonies and Great Britain, King George. This declaration of independence is to put on notice to the radicals that, hey, we are going to come up with a game plan and we are going to coalesce around the Constitution to protect those of us who still care about and uphold the United States Constitution. So what does a second declaration of independence look like functionally? Well, in my mind, and you can put some greater minds on this than mine, but in my mind, we're talking about coalitions of governments, state governments, federalism, effectively. We're talking about state governments who think alike, like-minded think, uh, state governments. They don't have to think exactly alike. Texas may think a little bit different than Alabama, may think a little bit different than Florida, right? But they're all pretty much on the same constitutional and liberty page. And so these governments, these coalitions of governments at the state level, at the county level, and at the city level, and at the individual level, you don't have to be a member of government to do this. You and I can participate in this directly. We have the freedom to do that. That's the beauty here. And I know it's, it's frustrating when we see entities like Salesforce join the hit parade against Donald Trump. And it's disgusting. And the local municipalities trying to figure out, like in New York, trying to figure out a way to cancel contracts, which I find, whatever, keep at it. You know why? Because this coalition that I'm talking about forming between governments also should exist among individual Patriotic Americans and businesses, patriotic businesses. Amer businesses are, of course, run by individuals, by American citizens, U.S. citizens. And so these business owners, large and small, and everything in between need to form these coalitions as well. The Patriot Coalitions, the Make America Great Again, whatever you would like to call it, the Make America Great Again Coalitions at the governmental level and at the macro and microeconomic level. We must band together. We must do effectively what the Democrats do so well, right? They know how to meet and get things done. Now, they're radical and they're destroying the Constitution and our liberty, fine, but they've given us a roadmap about how to do this. And so we've got to figure out ways to work together. And again, I say to you, and I've been saying now for years, the silent majority can be silent no more if we are to do this. If we are to fight back and win this war that has been declared against us. We must coalesce, a.k.a. a coalition, at all levels. Doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. You know, husband and wives don't agree on everything all the time, right? But we don't want to get divorced. We want to make sure that we agree on some basic fundamental principles. Life, liberty, 
the pursuit of happiness, which is in the Declaration of Independence, that we are given rights endowed by our Creator, a.k.a. God, and then we switch to the Constitution that we're going to uphold the First Amendment. These blue states that have had wholesale attacks on the First Amendment using the excuse of response to the pandemic are anti-constitutional. We should identify them as such as I have, ad nauseum. We should reject them, and we, the coalition, should put these states and these local governments, for that matter, on notice that we will issue a travel ban or we will advise our coalition to avoid spending a penny in your state, in your county, or your city. I don't look at the Salesforce maneuver or the Twitter maneuver. It's disappointing. I miss hearing from Donald Trump via Twitter. I really do. But I'm, I'm certain that there are alternatives out there. And, and for example, Parler is one. MeWe is growing. Um, and please seek me out on MeWe and Parler and Rumble the alternative to YouTube. These are very, very important for our free speech. And there are workarounds. You know, even if Apple deplatforms the Parler app, there's some smart people out there. Don't worry. And they will figure out ways to put the app on their website and you hit download and bam, it's on your phone. Okay? Big deal. It's a two-step process. It's a little more cumbersome than just going to the Apple App Store, but who cares? But we know who the enemies are now. And we love Amazon, right? The problem is Amazon is apparently the enemy too, along with Google, Facebook, Twitter, and Apple. Listen, if I forgot somebody, don't worry about it. The bottom line is we now have a list, just like the list of 10 who voted for impeachment, right? These 10 shameful so-called Republicans, we know now to target them. And we know Kevin McCarthy came out with a statement saying, that he's not going to try and remove Cheney, who voted for impeachment from the leadership in the House. Well, what do you think of that, Central California? Huh? You voted for Kevin McCarthy. You put him in. How about you primary Kevin McCarthy in 2022? It can be done. He's completely beatable. You know, he's a heartbeat away from becoming Speaker of the House. You want Kevin McCarthy, who's defending somebody who voted for impeachment, impeaching an innocent president. You want him to be your leader. You want him to be Speaker of the House. Look, the days of the Republican Party as a major party are over. This is another area that we have to go to, but we're not quite there. At least I'm not quite there yet. I'm Formulating, and I'm thinking about it, and I want to try and help the Republican Party either move in a direction that is more to the Constitution, or I'm going to seek an alternative. Haven't formulated the alternative. I'll give him one last shot. That's it. The Republican Party has left most rank and file Republicans. Just as Ronald Reagan said, the Democrat Party left him. He didn't leave the party. The Democrat Party left him. The Republican Party is leaving millions and millions of constitutional Americans. And it is hemorrhaging. And it is in trouble. So we either try and fix it or we figure out something else. And that something else could be in the form of another coalition. Again, strength in numbers. And do what these Democrats do from an organizational perspective. 
not from a wrecking ball to the Constitution perspective. And speaking of that, this Ayanna Presley, this Presley I referred to, this radical Democrat who the mainstream media loves to put on television is effectively iterating or reiterating what I have just told you. And that is they are attempting to cancel your vote. They are attempting to silence your representative. And if they're trying to silence your representative, whether it's the president or a member of Congress, they're trying to silence you. They're trying to intimidate you. Listen to this woman. Roll tape. So the first step is impeach and remove, which is also about ensuring that he can be so that he is barred from running for public office again. The second stop is... Stop tape, stop tape, stop tape. So... They are, this shows you they're definitely afraid of Donald Trump, right? So they're, they're, they're out there to impeach, to remove in order to put a permanent stain, a permanent star of David emblazoned upon Donald Trump, right? To mark him. It is pathetic. It is anti-constitutional. It is disgusting. And I don't think it's going to work, by the way. I think even in the Senate with the Mitt Romneys and such, um, it's not going to work. And by the way, it would, be the, it would be a posthumous at this rate, unless Mitch McConnell pulls the Senate back. It's a posthumous impeachment, which I don't even think is constitutional. It has never even occurred to anybody. Yet, under Nancy Pelosi, they're about to try and make it happen. Roll tape. Is to expel, to expel those members who have aided and abetted and been complicit in the cruelty the corruption and the criminality of this administration. Stop tape. So if uh, I am a member of Congress and I happen to support building the wall, the cruelty of building the wall, they want to cancel out these people uh, who support strong border security or possibly the cruelty of lower taxes or possibly the cruelty of, of more liberty or possibly the cruelty of, of less government. They want to get rid of these people. Because they don't agree. This is straight out of Stalin's Soviet Union. This is straight out of the Communist Manifesto. It's not necessarily written in the Communist Manifesto, but the intimidation factor is kind of built in the, in the mortar, if you will, the bricks of the Communist Manifesto. And if you disagree with the state, you will be reprogrammed. You will be attacked. And so that's what this maniac congresswoman allegedly is doing. So we have a lot of work to do. I'm not going to lie about it. In order to build these coalitions, where do we start? Well, in my mind, we start where I always like to start, and that's the United States Constitution. In the Constitution, under Article 5, that's how we amend the Constitution. And as I've said before... It's been done 27 times, one way. There's the other way, called a convention of the states, which is only triggered if two-thirds the states agree. It's something that's been quasi-attempted, but has never officially been triggered. And I want to remind you that under an Article 5 convention of the states, the Congress has no role except to say, oh, yes, you've met the threshold. 
We recognize that. That's it. They can't block it. They can't control it. And a convention of the states in the minds of James Madison and George Mason was what they did back then in 1787, and that is meet and meet in person. And these days, maybe even Zoom. And you meet and you hash things out and you talk about items and you come to agreement, hopefully. Maybe you don't agree. And then you maybe you decide to meet again. But you come to an agreement to make changes for the better. Now, this is something that Republicans, a.k.a. constitutionalists, a.k.a. conservatives are bad at. We're bad at this because we adhere to, I think, the individual, rugged individualism, the spirit of this country, the spirit of our Christian foundation. Because we believe in individual salvation and the rugged individualism of Americans, we tend to be, uh, you know, leave people alone. That's effectively what we want as Americans. The problem is we're at a point where we can't do that anymore. We've got to stick together. We've got to stick together to defend the First Amendment. We have to stick together to defend the Second Amendment. We have to stick together to proffer new amendments to the Constitution that will end the reign of Ayanna Presley and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the rest of them. So what we are looking at in order to execute this coalition of governments to start is trying to trigger a convention of the states, but along the way, in my opinion... Go ahead and meet. You don't have to wait till you have two-thirds. Go ahead and meet and lay the foundation for your amendments to the Constitution and along the way solidify the coalition. This is the starting point, Article 5 of the United States Constitution. Joining me now is David Schneider. He's the Regional Director for Convention of the States, COS. David, first of all, what region are you director of? We call it the Wild West region, but I've got uh, the great states of Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, and I also get to work in Michigan. I'm not sure how I get to jump over some states and go work in Michigan. That's a great state as well. Well, North Dakota is uh, among the states that have signed on. Uh, By my count, it's 15 so far. Am I correct? 15 states have signed on to participate in the Convention of the States? That's correct. And I've been directly involved in like North Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas, and Missouri as well. I helped those states join the effort. All right. And, and Missouri is now uh, considering it. Uh, there are 16 states, by my count, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that are looking at legislation as we speak. Is that correct? Is that number changed at all? It changes on a daily basis, actually, just because right now the state legislatures are all kicking it off uh, with their new sessions. Um, we're going to have an additional 24 states, I believe, that's going to be considering the Convention of States Resolution. South Dakota is about ready to file. That's where I'm at today. I am actually was just in Pierre, South Dakota. Uh, Wyoming is going to file any day. Montana is considering it right now. And Kansas is set is going to be filing any day as well. And then there are a few that have passed in one chamber, correct? So you've got a lot in the hopper here. 
And I've been telling folks, you know, I've been an advocate, as you know, for Convention of the States uh, since the Obama administration. Um, and then when Donald Trump was elected, you know, a lot of folks said, hey, you know, let him clean the swamp, let him drain the swamp. We don't need a Convention of the States. And I argued against that because you and I both know, and we've now witnessed it for the last four years, that this problem, this government that has gone off the constitutional rails is bigger than one man can fix. Would you kind of handicap it that way? That's exactly what I've been saying for the last seven years. And obviously when I was a big supporter of Donald Trump when he became president, but I also warned people straight up that you can't have one person drain the swamp. It's just too big. And we just, it's, it's played out. Obviously the swamp fought back somewhat as one now. Um, and the solution is still there, which is convention of states and states. And so you figure that in calendar year 2021, we might have some sort of uh, rumbling that we're getting near the requisite two thirds, the states to trigger per the United States Constitution. And if you're keeping score at home, by the way, two thirds is 33 states. So you think that there's a, a possibility we might trigger this year? Well, I think you're going to see a lot of movement this year. Just simply, the state legislatures are much different than Congress. They don't meet all the time. Yeah. And right now, right now, right this minute, all of them are going across the United States, which is hasn't happened in two years. You know, Montana only meets every two years. Uh, Wyoming can only consider this resolution every two years. And they're only there for about three months. That's it. So that's the only opportunity that we get in the state legislatures. Right now, every one of them are meeting. Uh, so it's a big movement right now, especially what's going on with Washington, D.C. We're getting volunteers signing up every single day, all, and especially in my states, as you can imagine. And, and we should point out that we were talking about this during the constitutional process of uh, vetting the electoral votes, that if it ever came down to it in the Congress, that most of these states now, a majority, and, and has been for a while, are controlled by Republicans. Now, a disclaimer on the word Republican, because we know there are some kinds of Republicans that actually adhere to the United States Constitution, and then there are some who don't seem to quite understand it. You know, an interesting example is Andy Biggs out of Arizona, who, if I remember correctly, prior to him being elected in Congress, he was actually opposed to Convention of the States and was hanging it up in Arizona. But now Arizona is officially on board. I always wanted to ask Congressman Biggs, and he'd been on my program many times, why exactly were you opposing Convention of the States? I would imagine if we stuck a microphone in his face right now, asked him about Convention of the States, I would bet you he'd be on board. I would hope so, given the fact that he's been able to have a deep inside look at the swamp. Yeah. He's now in there in the cesspool that, and then swimming around. Leader of the uh, the caucus there, or the conservative caucus somewhat in, in, in Congress, he has to understand a little bit more deeply how bad it is in Washington, D.C. I can't tell you where Andy Biggs is now, but I can certainly tell you that we're getting a lot of those type of individuals changing their mind. Um, as I'm talking him in the state legislature, the people that used to be scared of this, they're looking at D.C. They're more scared of D.C. and what's going to happen if they don't do anything. Right. And that's what Andy Biggs was promoting in, in Arizona. He said, we don't need to do this. We, you know, we'll fix it by elections. Uh -uh. Well, it's clear that's not going to be the case. And we've been trying to do that ever since I've been alive. It's time to not be fearful of the Constitution and utilize the provision that's in the Constitution to fix the Constitution and the federal government. And I'm not, not saying that the Constitution's wrong. What, what I am saying is 
the Supreme Court has bastard, bastardized the, 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 the original intent, the original text. They've changed it through crazy, crazy uh, decisions that essentially have had the, the same effect as um, a constitutional uh, amendment. Right. So the only way to fix those type of the, those decisions is to either get another Supreme Court decision, which is tough. We've been working on that for a long time or an amendment to the Constitution. So now, that's what we're working on. And, and we want to remind folks that, you know, the, the folks that say, I think Biggs was one of them that said, well, what if California wants to wipe out the Second Amendment? Well, per the Constitution, again, in order to have a uh, qualified amendment to the Constitution, you have to have three quarters of the states. So I firmly believe that 13 states might say, hey, you know what, California, we're not going to obliterate the Second Amendment. So let's look at what we are going to do and we could do. And I hope that maybe you can add to the list that we've talked about before, and that is term limits for Congress. I would expand that. And I please, I would expand it to the swamp, to federal employees, where they have term limits as well. We've talked about term limits for United States Supreme Court justices and quite possibly lower court federal uh, justices as well. We've talked about a balanced budget amendment to make sure these maniacs, spend the holics, are given a governor of some kind. But now we've got an electoral problem, right? And clearly the framers of the Constitution could have never envisioned what we went through, the manifest corruption that we went through and endured as a people during the 2020 election cycle. So I would personally add to the list of amendments um, something that is a package of laws within this amendment that would require, for example, voter ID, a national voting day and not a national voting month, that the that you, you quite possibly uh, have uh, polls closed at 8 o'clock local time period, 8.01, your vote doesn't count, I'm sorry. And if you want to do, um, do mail-in ballot, if you want to do absentee ballots, fine, but you have to have it notarized. I think we have to address this uh, through the amendment process. Would I be off base on that? Well, I'm not disagreeing with you that we need to get, you know, we need some tighter election control, certainly. Um, but we got to be careful when we talk about this process, because when we're calling a convention of states, we're very limited on what we can discuss at a convention. And one of the things that's clear in our application for a convention of states is we can only put further limits on the size, scope and jurisdiction of the federal government or further fiscal restraints or term limits. Outside of that would be germane to this particular call for a convention. But there, but it the, I don't want to interrupt you, but it wouldn't stop. Right. The, the, the folks who are meeting to say, hey, we need another uh, we need another writ here to, to go after uh, the electoral malfeasance. Right. Well, I think it's bigger than that. So what why I just want to push back just a little bit, because it would be outside of the scope a little bit. And, and you would have a, a little bit of hard time getting that, you know, being germane to the actual call for this particular convention. Right. But you but can have I, another convention is what I'm saying. Correct. You could. I mean, this is what Absolutely. the framers would what we're doing and how I'm going to address this is what we're doing is big, building the largest grassroots army on the playing field right now in the state legislatures. We're teaching people how to have an effect on their state legislatures. And that's truly where the battle has to be for election re reform. States like Pennsylvania, state like Michigan. I'm active in Michigan. I'm going to tell you right now, there's actually a really good legislature there. Yeah. The problem is so, some of the other actors and they need to put some controls on those other uh, those other actors right now in anticipation of and they've seen what's happened they need to fix it in pennsylvania they need to fix it in michigan some of our other states are great and i think we need to remember that this is a states type issue with the elections 
we need to put tighter controls in the state legislature, including Georgia. They've got a great legislature there. They need to ensure that the, the, the going forward, they've learned from their mistakes and they put tighter controls. Like you said, voter ID, signature verifications, and no way of getting around it, like what's happened in, in some of those states. All right, David, I want to leave you with this. Uh, and I talked to your boss, uh, if you will, Mark Meckler, about this. And that is, why wait? Why wait for these states to actually hit the promised land of two-thirds per the Constitution? I believe we're at a time where the states need to meet now, not necessarily a convention of the states per the Constitution, but these like-minded states, Utah, Arizona, Texas, Ar- uh, uh, Alaska, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Missouri, North Dakota, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Indiana, all want to con- have the convention of the states and others are considered. So why wait? Why wait? Get these states together now. Start forming the coalition. Start laying the foundation, not only for a convention of the states, but a pushback against this wholesale assault that we see on our constitutional rights. I want you to mull that one over. All right, David. And we'll be back at you uh, down the road uh, and, and see. And God bless you. Keep up the great work. You're doing God's work. You really are doing God's work. And, and there are tens of millions of Americans who appreciate it. And we're going to continue to promote what you are trying to do. And that's trigger Article 5. So thank you very much. And we'll be in touch. OK, thanks, Graham. Thanks for having me on. This is what the framers of the Constitution gave us. They gave us Article 5 of the United States Constitution for situations like this. 27 times it's been done one way. We need to trigger the safety valve that the framers of the Constitution gave us because if not now, when? I want to remind you to go to GrahamLedger.com and you can answer the Ledger Register question, which is, would you support Donald Trump if he and other Republican leadership form a new constitutional political party. I think it's in the offing. I think the president, former president, I guess he'll be at that point, probably will run for re-election no matter what the heck Congress does to him or attempts to do in 2024. In the meantime, he's going to establish a very large and robust media platform. I'm fairly certain that that is exactly what Donald Trump is going to do. And when you go to GrahamLedger.com. Don't forget to look into my plan to fix California, because if you want to stop Texas from turning blue and you want to prevent Florida from turning any more blue, you need to stop the cancer at its origin. And that would be the once golden state of California. So there you have the roadmap. You have the roadmap of how we win this internal war that has been declared against us and our Liberty, Article 5, Convention of the States. If you have a better plan, I want to hear about it. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives of the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>